What does the modern day Republican Party stand for? What is the agenda? Uh, we're going to talk about hopes, frustrations, and how do we take back the White House? The Little Mermaid movie has been at the center of race-related debate, given that Halle Bailey is Black, but the original story was a Danish folktale written by Hans Christian Andersen. When is it appropriate to open one culture's folktales to actors of another ethnicity? We're going to talk about it. Also, The View is back in headlines with Anna Navarra, uh, almost in tears. She said Biden is a good father. And she went to bat with him just uh, a couple of days ago. We're going to talk about that. Also, uh, in the news, we have a lot of new songs in American culture, like Pound Town uh, by an uh, uh, artist named uh, Red. Also, we have Demi Lovato, Swine. And the lyrics are, it will make anyone blush. We're going to talk about that and how uh, how this plays. How does this? What does this say about the American culture or subcultures? And also, and there's an education crisis with the dumbing down of our K through 12 public education and an increase in social justice. What does this have? How does this affect our youth? Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to have Tyrone Keys from Soldiers of Finance join us a little later in the broadcast. He's gonna talk about how education and the financial impact uh, this has on an uneducated uh, youth. All that and more next. It's Wednesday and it's time for Pop and Politics. We are talking about the latest in pop topics, news, and entertainment. I'm KJ and let me introduce you to my co-host. Back again, we have Shelly E and T. Yana is on vacation and she will be back next week. As you guys know, she got married. She got married. Yep, there she is. Uh, that is prior. We um, I wonder, I wonder, do we have any photos of her on her wedding day? She and her fiance, uh, David. Uh, so they she got married this past Sunday. So she is in basking in her glory with family and friends. As you guys know, she's from Russia. So they are um, having they're hosting their family and friends here in the states. So she should be back uh, within the next couple of weeks. All right. Uh, again, join the conversation by leaving a comment on YouTube uh, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. And don't just comment, subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. Also, if you like independent media and want to support what we do, donate. Any amount is appreciated. You can do that right at our website at www.popandpoliticslive.com. You can go there. You can get up-to-date information. Again, we are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. 
I also forgot to say, uh, you know, we, this is the last Wednesday of the month. So joining us a little later will be Tyrone Keys. He will be joining us, <laughs> Soldiers of Finance. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. But without further ado, ladies, let's set it off. Yes, not the keys for Tyrone Keys. <laughs> Did I say something wrong? No, we have oh, the keys. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. Yep, so, um, all right, so we're going to start off, as I mentioned, by talking about uh, the MDGOP, which is the Maryland uh, GOP, and the uh, RNC, so which is the Republican National uh, Committee, the National Republican Party. So joining us to talk about this is Shekinah Hollingsworth. Uh, so she is here with us to talk about uh, the uh, local Maryland Republican Party and the National Republican Party. Uh, specifically, there are a lot of Republicans who have been uh, disfab dissatisfied with the local and national party. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about uh, our, some things that we like, some things that we don't like, uh, figuring out what is the agenda and basically how do we win back the White House? So how are you? How are you tonight, Shekinah? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. I know it's been a little bit over a year since I was on last time, so it's good to be back and it's good to talk about the current state of the Maryland GOP because a lot has changed since the events of last year went on, and I think uh, a lot of people have a lot to say. And there's a lot of uh, things going on within the Maryland Republican Party, and I think that uh, what people, what the discussion is now are centered around things I was talking about a year ago also. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say, what you think. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so it's good to be back. All right. So this kind of all started, as we got, as you know, you guys know, we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Um, this is Pride Month. June is the uh, so-called Pride Month. And this kind of started out, um, at least for me, um, or kind of, I'm not going to say started, but kind of piqued my interest when our local uh, Maryland, what is it? Maryland uh, Federation of Republican, Republican Women. Women, right. Maryland Federation of Republican Women put out a post um, a couple weeks ago at the, I think it was actually on June 1st uh, and with the pride flags and said, this is a big tent party. Uh, and so then a lot of people commented on that, said it was unnecessary uh, for them to do that. And it kind of sparked, you know, and that's just like kind of the underlying things. But a lot of people have just be feel like the Republican Party is becoming, moving farther to the left and, um, and have just been dissatisfied with it. I, I want to start off with you, Shelly, because you had some really interesting comments about mm -hmm. that. I want to go around. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, when I saw that post, specifically the the Big Ten or whatever it was, look, I am I have been a registered Republican slash conservative, maybe somewhat libertarian for a long time, and <laughs> I am all for free speech. You know, uh, living out your your values and under the American Constitution. What I don't 
abide to is where I give my money and support. And then there is no direction. We're not winning elections here in Maryland, not even really across the country too much, maybe at least since the last president when President Trump was president. So we haven't been doing well. And for the Republican Party, whether it's Maryland or the National Party, for me, we, we are directionless. It's okay to have a tent if we have an underlying focus, values, goals, and principles that we are all kind of uh, around this tent and we can support and push and advocate. But when we don't, we just have a big circus. Mm -hmm. I want to go to UT because, I mean, you know, the Republican Party, I think, kind of it, it encompasses conservatives. It encompasses people who just have, our, you know, faith-based people. Um, but in reality, it's supposed to be in opposition to the left. Uh, conservatism is supposed to conserve the things we care about, which are nation, family, community, and human dignity. Do you feel like the Republican Party right now, or national or local, is that opposition to uh, the left? <laughs> I actually think that's the only thing we're trying to do, is be opposition to the left. I don't think we're focusing on what our platform is and what we stand for. We're so busy trying to counter them and talk bad about them. And I know it's politics, but we're not doing what we're supposed to do because we're trying to worry about what they're doing <laughs> and who they're doing. And so. Oops, I think you're frozen there. Lost you. I'm going to move on to you, Shekinah. I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, I actually disagree with T right there a little bit, but um, I'll go into that. But what are your thoughts on, you know, do you agree there that we shouldn't, it's not necessarily we should be the opposition to the left, but we should also provide an agenda or solutions uh, to, to uh, conservative minded people? Yeah, absolutely. So first I want to agree with you by saying that um, the Republican party or a party that is supposed to be right wing of the left in this country is supposed to represent things like traditional family values and things that have foundationally built this country um, from the beginning. And when I became a Republican, I became a Republican when I was very young. I must have been 17 or 18 around the time of the 2012 election when I became a Republican. And on the, uh, the marriage issue, I was a little bit more um, liberal on that issue several years ago because I thought that it was just a, a matter of rights, a matter of granting people rights so that they can have equality under the law. But if you call yourself a conservative, and over the years I have gotten more conservative, um, really what we're supposed to be protecting is the family. That's how you build the nation, is building and incentivizing the building of strong families. And the Maryland Republican Party, as well as the National Republican Party, I think their problem is, isn't that they're trying to be in opposition to the left. I think quite the opposite is happening. I think they're trying to be more like the left, become a big tent party and not offend anybody and to try and bring as many people on as they can so that they can try and build this kind of like strength in numbers kind of thing. But very clearly that's not working. And that okay. hasn't been working for a number of years. And if you just look at the Maryland State GOP, um, the current board, the current leadership board of the Maryland State GOP includes people like Heath Barnes. And I know that Heath and I have had personal uh, disagreements in the past, but that doesn't change the fact that with all the help 
that Heath had from the Maryland State GOP. He still didn't win his race, and now he's been appointed a leadership position of this party to try and win elections, but he's done nothing but bully other people for thinking like me, more traditionally-minded people. And now the Maryland State GOP as a whole is becoming an opposition party to their base, to people exactly. who are more traditional. And that's just a losing strategy. We're not going to win any races here in a long time if we have that kind of leadership at the helm of the state. Yeah, um, I agree. I have to agree. Um, to me, the establishment Republican Party refuses to face the challenges, new challenges and fights that everyday conservatives want them to take on. For years, they've ignored family breakdown. They've ignored a slow motion border invasion, the China shock, corporate consolidation, outsourcing, the retreat from religion and the rise of pornography and opioids, and all along the slow inching of the cultural radicalization of the left. And so we can no longer, you know, tell, we can't do that. We, there's new challenges. And if we are conservatives, I mean, and I know some people may disagree with me here. Um, I feel like these are the larger issues. Um, I feel like the threats have drastically changed and we need to start taking this stuff on. This is where I think a lot of people are within the country. And believe it or not, I think these issues, when you really, these are the issues that the left is pushing. They're not talking about uh, um, you know, small government and, and things like which I think those things are important, but I think right now um, we need to become radical. It's not about yeah. regulation yes. anymore. It's a radical commitment to defending the family from the relentless assault of technology, anti-human ideology, and I've said this before, transhumanism and the economic exploitation of all this stuff. It's just my thoughts. What do you what do you say here? I want to bring you on in this tea. Um, <coughs> excuse me. We're we're living in an evil time. So this is I was just having this conversation earlier today. This is all expected if you're in tune. And the way that the world is going with is trans anything, <laughs> it's all a circus. It's all evil. It's all um not good. And then I feel like the Republicans are the ones who are, well, some of the Republicans are the ones who are saying, hey, let's take a look at this and make sense of it, people, like the world. We need to make sense of what's going on and see that it's an agenda. It's an agenda to what? We don't know. Well, I guess I don't know. But there's some type of an, an agenda to make everyone feel free and the world is whatever. And the Republicans are the ones who are saying, Let's stick to what we know. Let's stick to order and structure and 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 faith and all of those good things that we're here for. But no, the world just wants to be free with everything. And we're looked at as the old people that have, you know, oh, they're so traditional or these are new times now. And they're looking at us like we're the old people. But right. We're like, no, we're actually the logical people with sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bring you in, Shali. I know you were yeah. having Yeah, I was I will say that. In order to be the government opposition party or the grand or our old grand party or whatever grand old party, we have to have something that we're actually standing on to oppose the waves and the and the wind, right? So if we don't offer anything that is alternative to what is out there, then why the right. hell should people come to us? 
If we're going to be the same, what difference does it make whether they come to us or go to the other side? We're not living up and we certainly don't even have a direction uh, or values that we can all come around and advocate and support, not just in Maryland, but again, on the national level. And frankly, I'm tired of my vote being taken for granted by this party as well. I'm tired of it. Where I put my money, I have a say. And this is where I can direct my money or not. If I take it out, that's fine. That's part of my say as well. But you're not going to just take my money and just assume and, and uh, be, take it for granted, just like the left does to the 95% Black vote for the Democrat Party. Not going to happen with well, this Black girl. Well, can we say that it's bigger than votes now? Say that again. Can we say that it's bigger than votes now? Like people want lives, they want souls, they want uh, this liberalism as it's been, you know, as someone just said, redefined. It's it's bigger than just votes. Like people have lost their minds, and it's it's something else going on at this point. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's and again, I mean, I, in, if you guys disagree with what I'm saying here, because I think I'm saying something I haven't said here before. But prioritizing the family in this moment absolutely means deprioritizing the final for the financialization and globalization of our economy. Because when you take a deep dive into the left's agenda, it begins and ends with destroying the family by perverting gender roles in children, dehumanizing us through devaluing life and genital mutilization, and destroying traditional parental bonds. So, you know. It's going to take a little more activist intervention into in the in the economy than Repo Republicans have supported in recent decades. This exactly. is something that I think a lot of Republicans are willing to say. Um, I use it. Look, KJ, we live here in Maryland and Baltimore. This is an example that I've used many times um, as a black woman. Right? I don't. I don't. I yes, I'm a Republican and I'm in politics, so I kind of have an idea what's going on. But your average black person in Baltimore, they don't even know that there's a Republican Party here to even oppose what's put out in City Hall, let alone in Annapolis. So where are the people who, I, again, my money is going to to support? How come I don't see you on the streets of Baltimore? You know, advocating the values, family, you know, financial responsibility. It only comes around during election time and nobody really pays attention because by then everyone is dug in with how they're going to vote. And so I think that this is the perfect time to grab yeah. their attention because of the fact that if you talk to the people in the streets or just talk to people in general, especially Democrats, they're saying now we don't check. We're not checking for Biden. or We don't really know what to do with the Democratic Party right now because they're not doing anything for us. They're they're in that mindset. They're becoming woke or whatever now and they're seeing it. But we got to capture their attention. We got to put the message out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say that I completely agree with uh, Shelly and, and KJ and I think really everybody on the panel. Um, and I was pretty happy uh, last year to start this kind of radicalization in the in the party because it's it's needed. And I think uh, moreover, with the Maryland State GOP as well as the National Party, I think the word to kind of describe the direction of uh, both of these huge party machines is that they're overall very tone deaf. And they're very much selfish. They're, they're in the business of a manufactured outrage culture. So they'll say enough to get you riled up and to get you to donate money and to attend the dinners and the fundraisers and everything else. But when it comes for regular people to support a radical candidate, um, the MDGOP is nowhere to be found. The, the, um, the National Party is nowhere to be found. 
And I think they really expose themselves when they do things like make pride posts for June. How can you say, I saw a post actually by the, um, I believe it was the Montgomery County Young Republicans or like the Young Republicans uh, like state chair or something. They released a statement today about um, parents in Montgomery County wanting to uh, protest the LGBTQ curriculum going on the public schools here. And it's like, wait a second, how can you say that you support these parents, but yet and still you're supporting the same agenda that these people want to instill in the schools, but you want us to donate money to your candidates to be able to stop what's going on, but you have people within the Maryland State GOP who are in full support of this, people who are in full support of the LGBTQ agenda. And I think that uh, it's time for people's time and money and votes to stop being taken advantage of. And people have to understand that you don't have to vote for these people just because you're a Republican. You have the power to not vote for people completely skipping over races that don't benefit you because it's time for these people to earn votes again. It's not enough for you to just say that you're a Republican and lay out everything that you say that you're going to do. And then when you get in there, you fall in party line every single time. Right. Yeah, but I mean, then we end up with Biden in the White House. <laughs> I mean, what what do, what do you guys, you know, what do you think about that? And, then, and I want to kind of talk about how do we unite? Because, I mean, yes, we we're saying these things and, and, and we believe these things, but I don't want Biden. I don't want Biden in the White House. Right. Uh, so how do we unite? Yeah. Uh, well, let me say this first. I want to make want to make a distinction. I've said this on my social media pages, so I'm not saying anything here that I have not said before. There's a distinction between the LG, whatever it is, people, and then the agenda. Okay. The agenda is not only is it divisive, it is harmful. It is destructive. So for the Republican party at large, we need to stand on our basic principles. I'm going to say life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. We need to advocate for family values. We need to advocate for a smaller government and letting people have the own, have their own responsibility for their lives. So faith-based uh, initiatives, things like that, that the community can support and families can support. So as long as we try to be like them, we will not have anyone. We won't get any more people. And the alphabet community is quite powerful. The, alpha, yeah. the alphabet community, wrong. along with this Me Too movement, they've become quite powerful, maybe because they have the right people giving money. I, I don't know how, you know, people, either numbers or money, but they, exactly. And you got like they say, follow the money. And this is where the money is leading. And it's not what we're doing. Yeah, but I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, you can't tell families to do the work of raising uh, emotionally secure, competent, educated kids when it's the policy of the government to tax marriage and make having children a luxury good. I mean, so, you know, we have to do more. It's You can't say all politics is local when you have, again, as I mentioned earlier, globalization and, and industrialization going on in these communities. So it becomes a situation where it's not just the old norms are going to work um, because the institutionalization of all this stuff is working against us. So, I mean, what do we do? I, I don't I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I mean, I'm a Republican. Um, I guess you can call me probably like a newer Republican. And of course, you, Shelley and, and T and, and Shekinah. But um, 
I mean, we something needs to change, but I do want to, I want to unite. I want us to go in with a strong, solid um, uh, opposition to the left, but can we do that? I mean, we have an election coming up. I mean, we still have to go through the primary. Um, and I'll say it as I, you know, I was a Trump supporter, but I don't believe Trump is the conservative candidate in this in this race. When you talk about conservatism, I don't believe he's the conservative candidate. If, 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 if that's what you're looking for, what do we do? How do we all unite? How do we come together to, 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 to defeat the left? Well, I'll take a stab at it. Uh, again, if we advocate, support, and, and live our values, teach them, uh, you know, ring them from the, the from the church tops to the family community, whatever. This is what we need to do. No, again, I still believe there are not many people in Baltimore, at least, that know that there is a Republican. What are we opposing? So let's start there. It's called the GOP, the Government Opposition Party. What are we opposing and telling people why? If we just want to be, again, we can't just be the Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Circus. We can't. Okay. We have to have a platform on what we're standing and what we are opposing and showing people the, the reasons why this policy really works against you and your family and this is a better way. We don't do that. It's basically right. grassroots one-on-one -on -one or community at a time, family at a time, grassroots education. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think if we keep I think if we keep the people in mind and not the party in mind or not politics in mind or or even the democrats they're not our focus our focus is the people this is a republic remember so we need to focus more on making sure that the people as shirley said they know what we stand for because right now they think the republican party they still think the republican party is just old white men who are controlling all of the the black people and white supremacy racist white men that's what they think the Republican Party is. And I think we need to show them that we're not that. And uh, I think I'm going to take a, a bit of a different approach here. And like everyone else on this panel, of course, I don't want Joe Biden to be reelected. I don't think that he was legitimately elected to begin with. So I just want to start from there. I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he was not even legitimately elected. And um, it starts from these state parties and it starts from transforming the way our state legislatures work. And I say that because our state delegates are the people who get to vote in the electoral college, right? So right now in the state of Maryland, we're in a democratic supermajority, And you have people still within the Maryland State Republican Party that deny that we have to do anything about our election integrity. You have people in the Maryland Republican Party who work with the Democrats to be able to pass all kinds of agendas that work against our interests. And I think that, I mean, from a realistic perspective, I think that things are gonna get worse before they get better because we have to fight for power within these state parties. We have to fight for representation for people that will actually carry our interests to the state legislature and then that's going to project onto the national level. Well, all of that has to happen first. I know that there's a lot of contention in um, the 2024 race so far between Trump and DeSantis and all of this. And um, and I understand the, the conflict, but I think that the conflict that exists now exists because of never Trumpers that were latching on way back in 2016. 
and especially in the state of Maryland, you guys uh, know and understand all the stuff that happened in 2022 with the the huge strife that happened between Kelly Schultz and Dan Cox. As soon as Dan Cox won that nomination, not a single dime from the Maryland State GOP went to him as a Republican candidate for the state. Instead, yep. they kept having fundraisers with Christy Nome and everybody else from outside the state and all these candidates that had nothing to do with the state of Maryland. They were being invited to these banquets and these dinners and these fundraisers, yeah. raising money to put in an account that's not going toward the candidates that people voted for. So that in and of itself is a huge issue. And I don't think that we can project um, anything going on at the national level as far as the presidency is concerned until we take care of things at home. And that same story, the same story of the state parties not donating to radical candidates or anything else, um, that is going on all across the country as well. The same stuff that we saw happen in the state last year is happening in states all over the place. In places like Arizona, where they thought Carrie Lake was too radical and Paul Gosar and all these other people. Um, we have to win this battle against this internal strife within the GOP, which is yep. why we need to do things like withhold our votes, which is why we need to put pressure on these people because you know, the situation is getting very dire and we don't have time to play games. So I want to make sure that all of my money and all of my time is going to people who are actually going to represent me. And if you don't, that I'm not going to give you that time or money. Another point is, I, I think that we are, um, we're, we're relying on Trump too much. Like we, there's been a great divide within even, not even the city, but federal, I mean, level of government, I mean, president. We need to stop bringing up Trump and just focus on the party because there's been a great divide with the Trumpers and with, you know, we're still talking about how, like you just said, Shekinah, you know, we still don't believe that Biden is the president. We need to get past all of that at this point and focus on the future because we still have 2024 coming up. I mean, yes, Trump is, is here and I guess he's reminding us of certain things, but we need to get past this great divide that has that's gone on yeah. and just move forward. I agree there. I agree there. I mean, some of the things, and I, I agree with some of the things you did bring up, Shekinah. Um, but I mean, I want to be honest. Some of these candidates, and I mean, you yourself is you. You are a radical candidate, uh, and you know, I, I certainly am with you on um, you know the conservative uh, you know, talking points that you've made, and the family, and uh, and and being a faith based person. But I mean, you, you did you kind of. Um, took on Nick Fuentes. I mean, you've said some kind of really, um, you know, uh, shocking and kind of nasty comments um, that a lot of people, you know, would say, you know, I say they, they don't have any place, whether you're conservative, whether you're on the left, right, they don't have any place in politics. Um, you know, so, and I'm, I like, I liked Dan Cox. Um, you know, he was, he was very, I, I thought he's a nice guy. I don't know if he was the best candidate um, at the time. I'm, you know, I wasn't like a huge Kelly Schultz fan, but, um, but, you know, and again, I don't think that still, I still think the party should have backed the person that the people voted for, but we got to be smart about our candidates. Um, yes, yeah, we want yeah. conservative candidates, but conservatism right. is not about identity politics and open anti-Semitism. I mean, you do know that you, I mean, you did, you, you aligned yourself with Nick Fuentes and that's, I mean, he's an open anti-Semite. 
Well, I would uh, I would disagree that that Nick is an anti-Semite. I don't believe that Nick Fuentes hates anybody. Um, like myself, Nick Fuentes is Catholic. He's a Christian. And um, more of what I want to project here is that though I did say a lot of controversial things and I stood in everything that I said and I never took anything back. And um, I, I think the difference between me and a lot of other candidates that ran in Maryland is that everybody knew exactly what I was thinking all the time. I was very transparent with everyone. Everyone knew my policy positions on everything. And I was willing to have a conversation with everybody. And that's what I did. I went onto a lot of different platforms to a lot of different people who I knew weren't going to agree with me from the beginning. But because I think that these ideas are important to at least talk about because what's happening now and what has been happening within the Maryland State GOP and the party at large is that, you know, these conversations aren't even being allowed to be had because we're too busy trying to not offend people. We're playing into rules that the left sets. Right. And then we're trying to set ideologies based around their court, based around the ball that they put in our court. When it shouldn't be like that. We need to have a concrete. And the reason why you have that isn't isn't it kind of like with the left? How can we how are we any different from the left when we support people like Nick Quintus? I mean, the man, I think he said something about Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire. He called him a race traitor because he works for the Jews, you know, referring to Ben Shapiro. Uh, he was asked if he is hurt in uh, in his daily existence by the Jews. I mean, there's video of this stuff. So let me say, this is what I say to the to the Nick Fuentes and the people. One more, before okay, you, go ahead. I mean, I can't sit by and say that this man is not. I, I don't support anti-Semitism. I don't support, you know, racism and, and things like that. I am a Christian. Uh, you know, I'm a Bible. I don't even call. I call myself a Bible believer. But I can't support somebody, you know, who 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 says vile things like that about, you know, people. Not even just about the Jews, but people who fought in uh, the war and and to defend the Jews and and things like that. I know I have ancestors who 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 were a part of all that. People have died defending our rights and in the Holocaust and things. I mean, how can we do? How can we say that and then and and, and then talk about? you know, this, you know, being not like the left. This is what the left does. So I was going to answer you by saying the Nick Fuentes, I think he's an anti-Semite as well. I think he's racist, bigoted, whatever other word. But to the point of having having um, free speech, if you will, Right. Let, him say what he, let him say what he wants. And I believe that in many cases, people are reasonable, rational enough to not vote for his types. Well, okay? that's what we're talking about, though. Exactly. We're not talking about him not being able to say what he wants. But but uh, Shekinah was making a point about candidates uh, on the conservative side and voting for these people. And why aren't you know establishment, MDGOP and the RNC not supporting these candidates? And so when you have someone like Nick Fuentes uh, or anyone else, you know, that's aligning themselves with this person, this is why we're not getting the votes. Well, that's, I mean, well, then you have better candidates. Pick better candidates to, to represent us. I mean, how did, if he was, I mean, if these things came out, I, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with what he said exactly. That was anti-Semite. But if, if people are saying these things that are their own personal opinions, then we're not, then don't vote them in. Obviously he didn't win, right? That's the whole point of the conversation. That we, how can we grow as a party? How can we get votes when we are allying with somebody who, who says hateful things like this? I, but I, I don't, I don't see our party as having ally with him, aligned with him. There were some people, he was there were some people. 
a couple of yeah. years ago that they did remove was at CPAC. Yes. And people also, you know, read them the riot act about that. And I want to kind of jump in and say that, like, my job here isn't to make everybody a cheerleader for Nick Fuentes. That's not what my job is. He's a friend of mine. He's supported me. So, I mean, so we have a good working relationship, right? But outside of that, um, there are more candidates appearing to be more sympathetic to, to positions like mine, to positions like his, because the National Republican Party simply isn't doing their job. And you're going to see more of the strife go on. Not necessarily because the National Party has to embrace Nick Fuentes, but if the National Party is not addressing these very real concerns that people have been having with the main party shifting more to the left, then you're going to see more candidates like me, like other people pop up all over the place. And um, to the point, and I think CPAC is a really good example of that. So uh, CPAC attendance has gone down significantly over the years. And I think you could start to measure that at around 2016 during those primaries. It was very contentious then with the primaries because you had Trump and you had all these other establishment candidates. Once Trump won the primary, then that set the stage for how the Republican Party would operate from there on in. So last year there was AFPAC, which is Nick's conference. So at CPAC, I believe there was uh, about 2,000 people there. And at Nick's conference, there was about 1,200. And Nick has only had two or three of these conferences. And the attendance has grown significantly over those past three years. So there's definitely competing events going on there. And as the attendance at CPAC is going down, people are looking for a more conservative message. Now, that doesn't necessarily but mean that people... is conservative, really. I mean, I mean, he's just... It's hateful. I, I I can't I can't I can't support somebody like that. I mean, I don't believe conservatism is what he kind of pushes out there. I don't even understand how you even support him. I mean, he said uh, to, to you know he it would be degenerate for a white person to have sex with a black person. Aren't you of mixed race? Well, no. <laughs> well, I mean that that I mean, specific clip that you're there's a lot of things that Nick has said over the years <laughs> that has been taken out of context, and he and I have been through a lot of the same. No, I'm, I'm, that's, I'm being so serious. I've been a regular watcher of his show for a long time. And there's been a lot of people who've had the concerted effort to try and, you know, have him not succeed because of the way that he says things or his opinions about what, whatever is under the sun. But, um, but again, like my job is not to make people a fan of Nick Fuentes, it's to make people understand why people are moving, moving further to the right when the GOP is the way that it is. Like, I don't blame people for looking for a different solution, whether people think that's more extreme or anything else, because the GOP is just not providing solutions to anything. They're just trying right. to capitulate because they keep getting called racist and sexist and homophobic right. and everything else. Everything is a defense and nothing right. is uh, coming from us that is genuine, that is strong. So people are looking for that strong message, even if it's abrasive, even if it's offensive, even if yep. it's wrong. You know, people are looking for that, and that's where they're finding their home at. I think people are looking for truth. I mean, when you think about Trump and when he came on the scene, it was striking for someone at the top to say out loud what everyone at the bottom already knew, that the system works for the country's elite because that's what it is designed to do. I mean, here's this millionaire, possibly billionaire guy, and he's, you know, kind of giving us all the keys to his, his, uh, his chest. And telling people, you know, how it is and and how, you know, people pay off people in politics and things. So that's what I, people like authenticity okay. and, and they like truth. 
And we just, I think it goes back to getting back to conservative values, not capitulating, like you guys have mentioned, to the left and, and, and trying to you know, get closer to them in order to grow the party. It's about sticking because people want conservative exactly and as long like Shekinah said as long as the GOP as long as we are not supplying that message those values that vacuum will be filled with something yeah stick yeah, to the facts just mm -hmm. stick to the facts yeah I agree I mean we we, we understand that we got to understand that the things that we cherish I mean the permanent things that make life worth living faith communities family nation human dignity they just don't happen, you know, and we have to fight for it. I, I mean, we have to actively defend it. Um, and, and at a time against the government, you know, sometimes we got to go against the government because this is the way we work to create the space for free people. So we just got to con continue. Um, like you, I think you had mentioned Shekinah a while ago, you had mentioned something about, um, you know, stay within the Republican Party. You know, yeah. don't change uh, your 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 uh, affiliation. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I, I mean, I support whatever people want to do in order to have themselves feel heard. So if that means changing your party affiliation to independent, that's fine. But what I find is also just um, uh, as effective as doing that is staying as a registered Republican and using the power of your vote to be able to shift the dynamic of the party. So if you're a registered Republican and there's uh, a candidate that uh, really you're, you're not in favor of, that you don't like, you have the power to skip over that race to write in somebody else because that is measured as a unit of data against that person who's running. So if people see that, oh, wow, no Republicans voted for this Republican candidate that we have, that we have, this is a bad candidate. So we need to scout for somebody else. And that's how you start to change the dynamic that way. And I see a lot of, um, like I see the comments scrolling on the bottom, how there's too much like infighting of the party, but I don't think the infighting is coming from people like us. The infighting is coming from people that don't want people like us in the party. And they chose that fight, not us. We wanna keep our party to be a traditionally minded party, a party that cares about families and conservative values. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is the leadership, and you can pick any of them out, the leadership isn't reflecting that. And they're not giving us candidates that show that they're going to defend that either. So That's until true. they do that, then we need to withhold our votes. So you can stay registered as a Republican and simply don't vote or um, use that writing box to your full advantage as well. I know a lot of people that did that last year because that's the only recourse we have. We go to the meetings, we get we get voted on on these central committees and all these counties and nothing changes. So the only thing that's going to happen, the only thing that's going to affect some kind of change is if these people don't even get into office, if we don't give them that opportunity to do that. Let them fight amongst themselves for that. Let them fight for that power. Yeah. Uh, final word, Shelly or T? Well, we need to see a red wave and one that is going back to the basics. Let's get back to the basics. Absolutely. Because guess what? Eventually, we know what's coming. Massive polygamy, you know, normalized uh, 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 pedophilia, forcible euthanasia, postnatal abortion, persecution of dissident faith. All this is coming. 
So, you know, let me be clear. While stuff like low taxes, strong military, and drug reimbursement, you know, formula is important, they really aren't at the top of my list right now. When, you know, we have things like the Justice Department still considering parents who oppose the 1619 project and COVID closures as domestic terrorists. This is a real thing. You know, in California, they passed a law stripping parental rights from moms and dads who won't let their, uh, who won't let doctors mutilate their kids. This stuff is real. And we got to wake up. We have to unite. Uh, and we have to stick to conservative values. So thank you so much for coming on, Shekinah. Uh, Definitely. Thank you. For coming on. You, you you say some really good stuff. I just can't get with that. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for coming Thanks on. Thanks for coming, Shekinah. Yeah, of course. Thank anytime. You. Thanks. Okay. All right. So we are moving right along. Thank you with us. What you say, T? And then there was us. Right. right. <laughs> was us. Absolutely. All right. So we moved right along to kind of a social uh, uh, social context, uh, talking about the Little Mermaid movie. So uh, Memorial Day saw one of the biggest releases of the year so far in live action remake of The Little Mermaid, starring Halle Bailey as the titular character. Uh, whether the movie was a smash hit or a flop appears to differ depending on one's perspective. Uh, but the movie has been at the center of a race-related debate given that Halle Bailey is Black. But the original story was a Danish folktale written by Hans Christian Andersen. So I want to ask you ladies, so I want to start with you, Shelley. When is it appropriate to open one's culture's folktales to actors of another ethnicity? Every damn day. How, how else do we become, how else do we, if you will, come into contact? How else do we influence cultures? And I'm talking about for good if, in general. How else do we influence culture? How else do we share ideas and uh, appropriate, if you will, where it's appropriate to do so every day? And if there is money involved, these are actors and actresses. They want jobs. They want work. There's work to be had. And the, may the best person, may the best mermaid win. What are your thoughts on this, uh, T? Did you have um, an issue with no, as, you as, as cute as Miss Hallie was in this movie, and she's so adorable. I think she's just a little cutest thing. Um, and I'm a black woman, so I can say this. Black people are so lost. They want to be everything. They want to be Israelites. They want to be Egyptian. They want to be the freaking lost tribes of Judah. They want to be everybody. And because we, as especially Black Americans, don't really have our own identity other than being slaves. And this is why critical race theory is not a good thing. But I just think that Black people just need to find their own lane and stick to it instead of trying to make everything Black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're saying instead of taking an existing character and swapping out their identity, we need to make new characters or new, new black characters. Make new black. Are we gonna make them what? Twerking, twerking in, in Pound Town? Absolutely not. We we can still set an example. We do have a thing called standards, and we should be on you know the highest standard. I mean, yes, little children they look up to Hallie. Uh, I'll just say Hallie. Hey. Hallie Bailey, and you know she's oh she's the new prince. She's a um the mermaid. That's cute, but we can have our own. 
princesses. We can have our own mermaids. You know, so we can I have our own, our own ideas. When I say, I, I've been saying, when I say that I am from the tribe of the Queen of Sheba, people tell me, oh, that's not real. I'm telling you. Look, I say this. I know I'm being funny. Right your DNA, DNA. DNA. Dot, dot com tell you that? The point is, is that, okay, okay to your point, that this is a creative, a creative, whatever movie, motion picture. Yes, that the movie, the movie was was beautiful. It was cute, of course. But we do have actual queens, Nefertiti, things like that. We have all of these. But when people say these things, oh, like you just say, oh, they want to be Egyptians. So which is it? We on, we're going to either quote unquote appropriate, have jobs, get employment as actresses in the movies and the entertainment. And so what if it's a Danish movie? So what? The actresses and, and the people bring the bring the movie to life. Yeah, but I agree with T somewhat on there. Now, you know, I have a background in theater. And so with especially with theater, it's always colorblind casting. So you can be, you know, whatever you want to be in most, not all, but most um, you know, it's a colorblind casting and I'm all for that, especially when the story is fictional. But, um, you know, like T said, uh, you know, what Disney could have brought an African folktale to the U.S. audiences, in which case mm -hmm. a black cast wouldn't have been at all controversial. You know, bring this is fictional. Again, this is not anything you know, I'm talking about, not stuff that's actual real, but fictional accounts like The Little Mermaid. We all no, know it's fiction, right? So um, I think that would have been. Yeah, I think I think you two are uh, to me. I hear when I hear. I might be wrong. I hear you all basically are advocating for racism, even in entertainment and the movies. Uh, How is the racism? We, we're we're saying the same. We're saying have representatives. Yeah, you, know, you can. You know, black people want to see other black people on the screen, but create our own stories. We don't have to make this already original stories that you know have the Danish written by the Danish guy or whatever. We can do that too, but I don't think there's any problem with for Halle, uh, what's her name, Halle Bailey, and any other actress of whatever ethnicity to play a part, even if it was written originally in Danish, Greek, Italian, whatever. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, there is a perception of a double standard. So with Hollywood, you know, Hollywood is eager to cast black actors, you know, to kind of, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, virtue signal. Um, and so they're eager to cast these black actors in roles where, you know, it, they're just doing it to, you know, check a box. Right. And so, um, and, and actually they're getting to a point now, I think it was according to, um, uh, um, I can't remember the magazine, but the, the magazine that does the, the, that keeps account of all this stuff, they have so many gay and black actors. It doesn't even, ah. It's not even proportionally representative of the population. So, now, so it doesn't have to be proportionally representative. No, but what I'm saying is that they're supposed to be their right. goal. So That's let me ask you this. Saying. So let me ask you this. If it's virtue signaling when they when they use a black actress or actor, if it's virtue, how do we tell the difference between if it's virtue signaling or if the person just actually has talent? Because if we're going to always say that every time they do it, it's only virtual virtual signaling, then we're minimizing and rejecting the actual talent that we do have. No, right? if they have actual talent, then it's no problem to create our own, right. create our own things. If we have actual talent. We don't have to use somebody else's standard of what they their stories. Create our own stories and create our own princesses and fairy tales. Right, because a lot of a lot of times 
in this types of situations where they try to throw a black face in there uh, in a remake or something, it's clumsily done. It, it's just, they're reaching so far to try to you know colorize these re characters that or remake these characters that it's not even done well. It's not you know throwing these gay characters in books that you know, the books that were created and they made they changed them to um, movies or made to movies. And then they, the book never even had these characters in there, and they're throwing them in there. You can tell it's sloppily done. So it, do it you think that? So you're basically saying just like they have, they want separate graduations for black people. You only want to see separate black, uh, totally black. No, 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 no. That's not what she's saying at all. We're we're not saying replace. We're saying add. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not about replacing or saying, oh, you should do this for this. No, we're adding to the whole representation of with, with all black hats. Of colors. Of colors. Not hats. just black people, Indian, Australian, uh African, like whomever. Right, because right it's now because uh, we got enough gay stuff in, in the movies already. It's in every well, everywhere. It's, it's over. It's not even representative of the population, but Right now, they said that you know it's not a lot of Latino actors and actresses in movies. That's right, it's not representative. All of them. What you is know? this idea of representative of the of the population? What do you mean? I mean, there are not a lot of rep, uh, Latino actresses and actresses in America at, at large. I mean, actors and actresses as a segment of the population are still a segment. They're not representative, if you will, by numerically. That's the own, there's not a lot of engineers, if you will, population wise. So I'm saying these are professions and different segments and industries. They're going to have whatever the people and the talent are that they attract. Yeah, well, they do. I mean, you have a lot of black actors and actresses in Hollywood. I mean, but why does it have to be proportional? What does that mean being proportional? No, what I'm saying is the idea behind Hollywood recasting and remaking these movies to add black actors or gay actors or anything like they're saying that they're they're saying that right now movies hollywood does not represent the population like for, proportionally so for instance let's say we're in baltimore city baltimore city is predominantly black so most people expect uh, for the representative representatives to be black because it's you know proportional to what the color looks like here. Same thing with Hollywood. They're saying that you know these movies that they're putting out, um, they're, and it's not true, but they're saying they, they want it to represent the United States in a way how it is. So I'm sorry if I'm not making sense there, but that's, that's what you know. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because yeah, well, and I think we think sometimes we just think in the Amer the United States of America and our perspective, but there's a whole globe of of countries and 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 people in the world. And yes, you know they see some of our movies as well. But I mean, like one of the comments said, they're also we're also seeing a lot of you know um, blind people or some type of people with some type of um, I don't want to say handicap, but you know yeah. disability. In movies, I mean, this is all about all representative representatives, and it's not just. I mean, maybe we can have somebody have a love love story about blind people. You know, add to the arts. I'm, I love the arts. Add okay. to it. Don't replace it and take from it. Yeah. We do have to move on, but please keep the comments coming. Uh, so we will continue to uh, post the comments uh, as we move forward. Um, definitely great comments you guys are, are providing. So we, we love it. 
Again, um, subscribe. If you haven't done so already, go to our YouTube page and subscribe. Yes. Yes. Uh, Pop and Politics uh, on YouTube. Pop and Politics. You can Google it. Put that in the search engine and it takes you right there to us on YouTube and subscribe. Share this broadcast uh, to, you know, get us out there and get our names out there in the, in the broadcast. Again, we're talking about things people don't talk about or don't want to talk about. And where are you going to find a, a group of black <laughs> Americans, women, conservative women? Right. That's true. Um, and speaking of that, we are in opposition to The View. Uh, so this is what we're going to talk about next. Uh, Anna Navarro. Uh, oh, yeah. Look at this clip. Uh, this is clip number one, I believe. And we're gonna the ask- Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. Take it or leave it. So he's a father first? Is he really? Is Biden really a father first? This man has ran for almost every elected office that you can think of. He's not putting his family first. Certainly not. I mean, as we can see, he's not competent. It's it's elder abuse what they're doing to this man. He should not be in office. And he's putting his family first? Putting your family first would have said you wouldn't have ran again. You wouldn't have ran. I, I want to get your thoughts, Shelly. <laughs> first of all, between the laughing, laughing at uh, Anna, um, what it is, he is a drug addict's father first, okay? Yeah, he's putting his family first, all right, KJ. He's, he's enriching them. He's giving Hunter more access to more dope to snort, right? The same people. She said it's absolutely ludicrous, okay? Millions of American families, fathers have lost and lose their children to drugs today and beyond and before, right? So don't tell me this foolishness. Oh, he's a father. It's a story of a father's love. No, it's not. It's a story of a father who is supporting and enabling his drug addict son. I'd like to say that that was a great dramatization of snorting. <laughs> anyway, what I would like to say is, okay, so you remember earlier when we were talking about we're so busy worried about what the Democrats are doing that we're not focused on like the real core message here. Um, oh, as much as I have to say this, I actually agree with what she's saying because I see that you know, you're saying, oh, is he really a father first? He he is. How? Because he's. Would you, if, if the if the public was going against your child, what would you do? Even though you may know that your child has, you know, some issues, would you say to the public, yeah, my child is after my child needs, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. No, you, there's a certain thing called family loyalty that I think some people don't understand. And you're not going to oust your child in front of the public. And so from that perspective of that, and I mean, he's, he's, yeah. He doesn't so, care about, he's, 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 he's saving his butt. 
Exactly. That's his job. How no. else is no, even though he's a grown man? Even though he's Biden, Biden is growing about himself. Even if he's old and still trying to pre be president and run for all this stuff, that's his job. As a man, as a head of the household, he, he is, is doing what he's supposed he's to do. First of all, Hunter is a grown man, okay? He's been grown for a long true. time, okay? True. So, that is so he's, true. Not, he's not even his father's responsibility in that sense. He's a grown man. He's a grown dope addict, okay? And for Anna Navarro to say that, to me, it, it, it really flies in the face of millions of people who are really trying to get their children on the right path off of drugs. And another thing I'm upset about with this daggone Hunter uh, dope addict being enabled on my tax dime, this daggone uh, bill, I mean, not bill, this deal that he got about, you know, the firearms, you know, now he gets a misdemeanor, but the same bill that his father signed of what some decades ago would put a lot of black people in jail not just for the crack and cocaine but let them have a weapon on them they get felony charges they lose their rights yeah and not to mention we have to understand and and i challenge the viewers to actually read up on what is going on because this is not the end I, I hope to god it's not the end of this for the for hunter biden joe biden is covering up for himself. He is trying to keep, this is why he took this little it's bit of politics, KJ. That's what I'm saying. It's not about him being a good father. If they gave him, if they said to him, you know, we will put Hunter Biden away for life and it'll make everything that's connecting you to this mess go away, he would do it as fast as he could. It's not about him being a good father. He's never been a good father, honestly, because you can tell he's he's been working in 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 public office on the taxpayer dime all of our lives. So yeah. what's wrong with that? What's wrong with having a career? That's what I'm saying. Like he's he's career? He, chose, he, a career. he chose politics as a career. And mind you, this is Biden we're talking about. So I don't. You know, I don't care for it, but I'm just saying from if we look outside of it being politics and the fact that he's a man and he's had a career and he has to provide for his family. I mean, what's wrong with it? No, what's it's not what he's, he's, gotten wrong? he's gotten rich off of the yeah. government tent. And that's a part of being in the politics. No, it's not. <laughs> what no, well, that's what they do. That's what that's that's how it's abused. What you mean it's not? That's how it's abused, yes. But again, not only that, he's he's his drug addict son sells out whatever these secrets are that he's stolen and sold to all these other countries to keep enriching himself and paying for his drug addict drug habits, which we are really paying for. Hunter has no talent on his own. That little funky art that he sold, that fake art for however many thousands of dollars. This is bullshit. Right. It's, it's a user. They're users. And you see what this guy says. Uh, do we have, we just had someone, Stephen. He said in the old days, out of shame, he would hide his son from public view after his plea deal. But today you trot them out, rubbing it in everyone's face. There is no shame. Exactly. Correct. There is no shame. They that are is true. And they know that they can get away with this stuff. 
And so they're going to continue, continue to do it just like this elder abuse. How is he parading it though? How does he parading he's, it in our face? He's not condemning it. He's condoning it. And Anna Navarro and the, the women, the silly women on the view make us look, make women look even sillier because she's on there with these fake tears and playing on the emotions. Yes. I hear what you're saying about parents love their children. That's fine. They will. They do. They always have most parents fine, but no, no parent in their right mind will get it out there in front of the public and con and, and make excuses and condemn condone for Happy a president, a president will condone what they're doing he, he has been saying from day one that he doesn't have an issue with he, the gun thing he, he denied that the whole gun charge thing he was denying it from day one right only because the co congress and the co and conservatives have pushed this thing is the only reason why this has been come, come to light. And I hope more. This is not, this is just the beginning. Right. Would it's you not, bring your would yeah. you bring your drug addict child to the state dinner? Hell no. I want to hide them and keep them tied up somewhere to be so I won't be embarrassed. God forbid I would ever have to even think about that. But would I bring my drug addict child to a state? No, I wouldn't. No, That's look, like I, tell I tell you this. I tell you this from experience. That I know I know black people. I'm gonna say black people. I know black people with drug addicts in their family. And guess what they do when they have family gatherings? When that per if that person comes over, they make sure their purses are locked away in the cars. Yeah. Okay. Guess what? Biden didn't do that for us. He didn't lock up <laughs> all the strings of, of the of the nation because we are paying in our tax dollars for his negligence. This is what he should have done. He should have gotten his son out of this area in this arena, but he has let him run loose uh, uh, like, like a rabid dog. And, right. and now we are paying the repercussions that we have no idea. We don't even understand. You don't understand. We don't, we don't have no idea what the, 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 the lengths that this family has gone to the secret right. it had left go. Uh, we have no idea. Right. So Hunter, Hunter's been doing what he's been doing because he knows that his father will not say anything against it. You can, he can be on camera snorting, messing with young girls, taping all this crap, drinking, drugging, whatever, and no spreading out to the world. He knows his father won't say anything. This no is why he does it. Yep. But we do have to move on. Uh, we do have to move on. So uh, we do have a super chatter here. So thank you so much, Ava Rice. Uh, says I've got some to spare this week, so we oh, appreciate that. Thank, thank you. So you. We know you've been watching, you know, at the last couple of weeks, so we certainly appreciate it. And thank hopefully, uh, we're yes. and, and and bringing you some knowledge here uh, while you watch with us. So thank you so much. You're you're a leader, Ava Rice. <laughs> we like that. We like leaders. Yes. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So moving right along. We are moving on to some pop culture here, talking about some of the latest songs uh, that have dropped. And I want to ask you guys, you know, with these songs that we're seeing uh, in, in particular, Pound Town uh, by Sexy Red, the artist, and then also uh, Demi Lovato just dropped a new song called Swine. What does this say about American culture or subcultures? So I'm going to start off with Swine, because this was the latest drop from uh, Demi Lovato. She was in the news recently, not just for this, but also now she, she's, it's okay to call her she. Uh, she's no longer <laughs> them. Now she's using she pronouns. And basically the reason why is because it was too much trouble to do they use they them. 
So this is what we have here. But they get preferential treatment. One minute they want to have sex with a man, next minute they want to have sex with a woman. And, and based on that, we have to talk to them and treat them all kinds of different ways. It's really nonsense. It's but too much. That's what we have. So she has a song out now called Swine. I want to just read some of these lyrics for you guys. Uh, and then I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, T. It says here, God forbid I want to suck whatever the F-U-C-K I want to. God forbid I want to F-U-C-K whoever the F-U-C-K I want. And if he comes, I guess I got to be a mother. F what I think. I don't know a thing. The government knows my body. No, it's okay. It's better this way. I'm only a carbon copy. Even if I'm dying, they'll still try to stop me. Thoughts on this? Were you familiar with this song, Swine? No. Um, I went through so many emotions just <laughs> reading the lyrics because I understand. I mean, as a woman who um, understands and appreciates sexual activity with, you know, their partner, um, I get some of it. But then, you know, start going with the government, knows my name and all that stuff. Like, I got a little confused with some of the lyrics. But, I mean, it's too much. I'm sorry. It's too much. I can't. I can't deal with the back and forth of, you know, the gender, the whole gender part is, is confusing me. And I, I don't understand it. I don't even know what, like, I don't eat swine. So. Um. Ridiculous. <laughs> then we just had the BET awards recently. One of the new artists, we talked about this last year. It was Gorilla. Now it's sexy red. Uh, so she, uh, she has a song out called pound town and we're not talking about puppies. Uh, and so she says, Can oh, we listen to it? Uh, I don't know if I, we have the, the audio, but she says, I'm out of town thugging with my rounds, my coochie pink, my booty hole brown. Where the N I G G A's, I'm looking for the hoes. Quit playing N I G G A. Come suck a bitch toe. Mm -hmm. Pound town. Yeah. Just left. Pound town. This is what we this is what we're talking about. Wait, so in her defense. So okay, we they we've been saying in music, we've been saying these things for a long time now. It's just that the young folks are very much more out there and just saying what they're saying. You know, we had other words that we would um, say different words for you know sex or whatever back then in R and B and stuff, but now they're like, I don't care. This is what it is, um, and we've come to a point now where this is what we're doing. This is this is what we're saying, and as long as you have a good beat, you can get away with it. And and one thing at the BT Awards, I don't know for those who know who Bobby Jones is, but she was actually singing the song in front of Bobby Jones. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And that was so funny when I saw this. And because he was looking like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, Bobby Jones yeah. is a gospel artist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's had a gospel show on BT so many years in the 80s. And she and was singing this song. She was singing this song in front of, like, right here in front of him. And he's looking at her like, what's going on? And then the girl who's pregnant from Baltimore, um, that's with Blueface. 
What's Krishan. her name? Yeah, Krishan Rock. She started dancing right in front, like with her pregnant stomach out and everything, right in front of Bobby Jones. And it was hilarious just to watch Bobby Jones' reaction. But, so, uh, let me see. look, first, when I first heard Pound. Is it funny, Shelly? Is this funny? Yeah. No, I don't even, I mean, I don't even think that's that's even important. Um, no, it's not funny. But when I first heard the title, Pound Town, I thought it was something about making pound cake, right? Maybe a, a woman is teaching other girls how to bake and do some. I mean, I'm telling you, I like Pound Town. And then when I heard the lyrics, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Look, to T's point, we have um, songs that there have always been a genre of raunchy songs, rap, even R&B. But the difference is, even with R&B, those songs left something to your imagination, right? And they left something to your imagination that you and your, 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 your mate could do in the privacy of your home, in your bedroom, whatever, right? So it was a little more dignity to it. It was a little more class to it, right? Right. To, to get on a public stage or video and say my, what is it? What she say, KJ? I can't even, my coochie pink, my booty hole brown. Yes, I, I that's mean, what she said. It's, 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 that's it's, biology though. It's what? Biology. Now you yourself are supposed to be <laughs> a, 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 a etiquette person. It's biology. I am. Out loud. What? What? What is wrong with the facts? Oh, facts. Okay, and, and like like Shelly said, she thought it was a, a, a song about pound cake, and I could see by uh, her, why she would say that. When it says here, Could yeah, you? that n i g g a d i c k a bitch down. Yeah, that, <laughs> eat me out. Pound town just left pound town. Oh my god! Yeah, okay. It it is it is ridiculous. It is. I'm just trying to. My son needed to be happy. My son, right? And then she says something about if he if he come, I guess I'm gonna be a mother. I mean, it's disgusting. It's these are these are the types of uh, women that make other women just look bad. They just they just make us in general look like we're just low. We're just low. We have not even intelligence. We just have zero class about us. Or as the old people used to say, we are uncouth. We, we it's just low. It's just it's disgusting. And this is and you know, yeah, I was kind of kidding earlier, but this is where um well, you know how the old people were like, oh my goodness, this, the children these days, they're just this and that. But we are these people now. But that's because society is allowing all this liberalism and for people to be free and say whatever they want. It's up to us when we tell the truth. But then when it comes to, and that's why I said earlier, like, what is it for? What is the agenda? And it's eliminating class. Like, we don't have class. We don't have shame. We don't have any of these things now. Who's, buy who's buying it? Who's buying it? Who's buying it? No, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Who that making the point? Who's buying it? Well, yeah. that's another thing. I mean, at least, you know, in, in back in the day, you know, you didn't hear these lyrics on national public radio. Mm -hmm. You know, everything was 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 blotted out. You didn't hear any of this stuff unless you actually bought the CD or bought the tape or whatever. You mm -hmm. didn't hear it. So it wasn't there for national consumption. Now you can hear people saying what Suki say, not on my tits. Pound Town just left Pound Town with my N-I-G-G-A. He just took a bitch down. I mean, this is porn. This is audio porn. And someone commented. Yeah. 
Radio. Right. This is something, yeah, this is something you keep for yourself and your intimate rooms and you know, that type of thing. But I mean the fact that they're making songs out of it and then it's actually getting played. That we the fact that we have access, and that's what that's what is the issue. We have access to all of these songs. Like you said earlier, unless you went to buy the CD or whatever, it's the only way that you would actually hear the song. But now we have YouTube, we have the internet, we have social media that's given us all this access to these songs and these people. Exactly. And now everyone and anyone can hear it. Exactly. I'm old enough to remember it was right on BET, the awards show. I mean, yeah. you have Demi Lovato talking about sucking and, and, and uh, coming, and now she's talking about sucking and coming. It's just total trash. Yeah. This it's is worse than than uh, what was that song? WAP. This is worse than that. I think. Oh. I mean, we talk about this at the beginning of the show. It's going to get worse. Yeah. And then, the, and lastly, before we move on, you know, Disney, Disney, Disney is back in the news. You wonder why people, DeSantis was trying to you know give it to Disney. Well, yeah. now Disney has a new show coming on called Pauline, according to Deadline. Pauline is also the name of the new show's 18-year-old protagonist who accidentally becomes pregnant from a one-night stand. Okay. Burdened by the stress from school and other aspects of her life, catching feelings from a one-night stand like Lucas is the last thing she needs right now, especially when Lucas is actually the devil. <laughs> the whole thing centers around... Disney? Yes, Disney. It's a coming-of-age story about a pregnant teenager who falls in love with the devil. This yep. is what we have. Well, so when so, I much heard for, that, so they skip all over the Black Princess. Remember we were talking about earlier? Well, from Princess and the Frog. But they skip all over that to go to a teenage pregnant mom's that. Yeah, but this daddy. is a little bit. This is it's a little bit devil? bigger than that. This is a little bit bigger than. Let me tell you why. When I heard about that. I immediately thought of this is a, a replica, whatever replication of the biblical account of the Virgin Mary having uh -huh. having the Christ child. Remember, you know the uh, the theology is that the enemy Satan wants to duplicate everything that is biblically based, but it's of course in the opposite direction. So now you have a virgin girl getting pregnant and having this literally having an antichrist baby. So we have a dumbing down of the movies, a dumbing down of this uh, of music. And where does this leave our teenagers, our young children? Uh, we have uh, with us uh, back for the last Wednesday of the month, uh, Tyrone Keys. We have here to talk about that. Tyrone, how are you tonight? Hey guys, how y'all doing? Can you hear me? Hello, Mr. Keys. Yes, we can hear you. Hey. It's Pound Town over here, Tyrone. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you were watching. Yes, we have Tyrone from uh, Soldiers of Finance on YouTube. Check him out. And I want to get your opinion on this. We were just talking about the dumbing down of our culture, how it's affecting youth, how it's affecting teenagers, and in our education system. Um, and then with that, the impact or financial impact of, of these uneducated, uncultured kids. What are your thoughts there, Tyrone? Thank God for robotics and AI, because uh, we are really going to need it. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. And I, I do want to say I, I was paying attention about the last settlement, last, uh, I'm thinking about real estate, last segment. 
Uh, we're a long way from little Kim, but uh, <laughs> she started it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, look, America is, I think we're still in the top 20 uh, in terms of ranking globally for quality of education, but we're not in the top 10. Okay. Uh, and we haven't been for quite some time and I don't see us getting back there. I see us sliding further down the list because, you know, things like uh, mathematics, reading comprehension are starting to take more and more of a backseat to sexual proclivities. Uh, how you're going to make money anywhere other than maybe Garrison Boulevard at 3 a.m. or, you know, the block, who knows? Uh, but we're not, we're definitely sliding away from teaching those things that make kids grow up to be economically viable adults. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now you have the advent of, of OnlyFans. Uh, and you have these people who, I mean, you could, when you hear any of them talk and speak, uh, you can tell they don't have a brain cell. I mean, it's just, it's very, uh, very base level. And, but they're rich. They're rich and they're making money off of the OnlyFans. So then you ask yourself, well, what's the issue? Um, if if they're rich and they're making this money, you know, but how does this affect the society where we live in when these types of people are making this money? That's what I want to post. I mean, um, you know, if you've got a product or a service and you want to market it, you want to um, use your body in that way. Um, you know, I guess you have every right to. However, uh, what are the long term prospects for that emotionally? Uh, economically from the standpoint of achieving or maintaining certain relationships, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think people, I think they see the money first and, uh, look, I, I own a financial services company and a real estate company, but money isn't everything. Okay. Um, sure. You need it. All right. Just like we need oxygen, but oxygen isn't everything. So, uh, Wait, I mean, it kind of is, though. <laughs> well, no, not, not really. I mean, do we need it? Yeah, we need money. We do need money, no doubt. But um, when you look globally, when you look out globally, whew, I just think people better start learning because the, the remainder of this century is is not ours. Okay, we're not leading. This country has gone absolutely mad. T, you're right. This is demonic. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, that that is what's going on here. OK. And uh, we're losing the plot very swiftly. The other young lady you had on, you guys were uh, asking, you know, why don't we see better candidates or whatnot? Who has who what quality person wants to go into politics these mm -hmm. days with all of this garbage that it, right. it entailed? Right. You know, so. And you're right, Tyrone. It wasn't all in politics was never supposed to be this dirty like this. I mean, it used to be considered a statesman. Even the word has changed. You used to be considered a statesman when mm -hmm. you went into politics because you were you were doing things for the right reason in the in the right communities, families, whatever. But now it, it's it's dirty, it's demonic. It is it has gone demonic or going that way, whatever. 
somebody on the uh, message just asked if there was no only if there was no internet, what would the OnlyFans uh, folk do? Mm-hmm. I think you know exactly what some of them would do. I mean, they've been doing it. With Shelly and I, we we're, we're okay with we're okay with that. But it's been around. It's been around since the time began. Look again, yeah, but what uh, about with the proliferation of it, um, I think with with the idea or with the internet and with social media and the globalization that we're seeing, it's so rapid now, and it's it's everything is happening at, at such a speed, and the connections that are being made are so great that it hasn't been a good thing. I think it's 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 becoming more than what it would have come if we didn't have the internet. Well, you know, um, and this is why I'm evangelical when it comes to people getting their money right. Because AI, for example, is here. It's only gonna become more prolific. If you really wanna see something that'll knock your socks off, go look at the... Um, Boston Dynamics website. They have robots that have more mobility than the four of us human beings. They're doing acrobatics. You combine that with artificial intelligence, and then you start to see why. Um, you start to see why the forecast is for the loss of 800 million jobs globally by 2032. Thanks to AI and robotics. Okay. Why? Why we keep blaming Allen Iverson for everything? <laughs> he didn't have anything to do with this. He just tried to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Good one. But uh, yeah. So I, listen, people, get your money right. Buy some land. Mm-hmm. Learn how to grow your food, mm-hmm. and, and at least you know replace some of your calories okay mm-hmm. uh learn how to hunt if you like to eat meat guess what a lot of people still think that it originates in the grocery store learn how to do these things um because the world is changing and mm-hmm. they're going to be lots more opportunities but they're going to be lots more challenges as well and there's going to be a wider gulf between those who have and those who have not. And those who have not are going to be relocated, universal basic income, okay? And pretty much subsistence living. And what will be different is, you know, when we were young and for a time we were on welfare and it, my mother was an original Black Panther. So it, it didn't matter what my mother's political views were you know, it wouldn't stand in the way of us getting food stamps. But today, if mm-hmm. you don't take this medication or if you don't go along with this agenda, okay, you let a universal basic income be installed alongside a central bank digital currency and you will starve or you will tow their line. So that is why you have to be sufficient as self-sufficient as possible. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. I mean, we have these woke activists and their enablers, mostly women, now control mm-hmm. most Americans' ability to communicate and share information. So again, we have this idea of the internet. Has the internet sped up these things? And I'd say yes. They control our education and our healthcare systems. They control almost all large corporations, including those that make small businesses uh, and mortgage loans. They control access to our electoral process and economic markets. 
And they're using this power to slowly narrow the opportunities of conservatives and religions, religious people. Uh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, go ahead. Tara. Let me bring your attention to one other thing. Uh, 250 Hollywood actors, uh, television movies came out and they signed this letter that they sent to all of the major social media companies, including Twitter, encouraging them censor anyone who does not toe the line with regard to youth transitional surgeries. Okay. Uh, some of the people on that list were, uh, and, and forgive me, I don't know, I don't watch television. We don't even have cable. So the, from my recollection, reading Demi Lovato, if I bumped into her in the street, I wouldn't know who she was. Right. But, neither. Um, uh, Patrick Stewart though, he is the guy that played on Star Trek. Um, I do know him. I'm a big mm -hmm. sci-fi fan. But um, 200, 248 more of these people are fully on board with the sexual mutilation of children. Okay, this is where we are. And somebody put in the comment about... Um, Fed now. Fed now. And yes, July 1st. That's coming into effect. July 1st, and that's the rail system, basically, you can think of it as the rail system that later on, they're going to put the train on top, which will be the CBDC. So Tyrone, this is my, no, this is, this is how I think. So we, these actors and actresses that signed this letter. So in order for us to, to know about this, to expose them in some degree or in some way, we had to be kind of. I would say involved, if you will, or at least in the loop. So how do you, I mean, just how do you balance that? Because if they're going to have this much control over the social media, like to your point, KJ, social media, all the internet, then how do we balance staying in control, exposing them, but at the same time, using the modes to get out the information? Okay. So you can say, and Shelly, I think you are a witness to this. You can say whatever you want on Facebook, for example, as long as you have the least little bit of knowledge about how their algorithm works. Okay. Now, I have been in so-called Facebook jail, but it's never taken me off the platform. It's like you can't make calls through Facebook. I never knew you could do that. Okay. So whatever. Uh, you can say literally whatever you want, but you just have to be creative about it. Now, the other thing that you can do, and this is extremely powerful, and every conservative in this country should have taken heed to what is happening to Target and Bud Light. Mm -hmm. Bud Light has lost almost $30 billion of market cap, and sales are down 30% of Bud Light. Now, it's part of a bigger company, uh, InBev, which is Belgium-based. But the U.S. CEO of Anheuser-Busch, they even trotted him out on one of the morning shows today to try to clean this thing up. Conservatives, you don't have to worry about being doxxed, your job, uh, you know, getting the ire of friends. All you got to do is keep your money in your pocket. So the same thing as to Hollywood. Don't consume their product, okay? Um, my wife and I, really, we don't watch much 
produced after 2016. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we're in here reading. Um, we go back and watch. A, we got an infinite number of older movies that were produced before that that we can get into that are good. Okay. Uh, Dr. <laughs> All right, people need to take this and if, if if every Hollywood actor right now disappeared, how would your life change? Really, would it really impact you that drastically? So if they're gonna pursue these policies where they're going to openly be threats to children, oh, I don't need them in my life. And right. when enough people do that, money talks, okay? Money talks. So fight them with your dollar. It's yeah. the easiest thing in the world to do. Absolutely. And and what you're actually saying when it, when it comes to conservatives is don't abandon your principles. We right. should not abandon our principles. We should double down on them. And that's Absolutely. what has knocked out this whole Budweiser. That is what has, uh, has affected the Target situation. We said enough. We are not, we have drew a red line when it came to children and we said, we're not going to spend money with you. Like you said, double down on our, on our principles and, 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 and our dollars and use our dollars. Absolutely. Every yeah. time. So, um, I have conservative, but recently took his family to Disney world. And I said, what are you doing? Okay. Put your money where literally where your mouth is. Y'all have been to Disney world like four times. It, no, what has changed? Magic Mountain, right? It's been there for like 50 years. What what what's changed about the experience? So uh that's the easiest way in the world conservatives can fight this garbage is uh as Steven said, don't spend money with people who hate you. Yeah, and not only that, but it's about supporting other conservatives, supporting people who share your values, like us here at Poppin' Politics. Like Tyrone Keyes, he has a YouTube uh, uh, Soldiers of Finance. You know, find him there. We, instead of going to these large companies, even Fox News, instead right. of going to these right. big corporations okay. and things, support local, small, independent right. media like us. Yeah, uh, and and that's what we. This is how we win. This is mm -hmm. how we win. Let me just say real briefly yeah. that you you all are an asset. Because it, you're like the, I don't know if you know the story of Superman. He has an anti-Superman called Bizarro. The view is like the Bizarro pop antics, okay? Uh, Whoopi Goldberg is spouting off on all manner of things. This woman wasn't, she wasn't ever even a funny comedian, okay? Well, she's supposed she's to be like an expert on everything. Joey Bear, who is that? Okay, Sonny. With the perpetual scowl, okay, what a miserable woman that is. <laughs> so this platform, Pop and Politics, I love it. I tell people about it because it is filled with intelligent women who are actually talking about something. So it's definitely an asset. Thank you so much, Mr. Keys. Yes, thank you so much. Well, that does it for us tonight. Uh, for our broadcast, again, you can find us here at Pop and Politics. Uh, I'll say it again. That was Tyrone Keys from Soldiers of Finance. You can find him here also every Wednesday. The, I'm sorry, the last Wednesday of every month. We're here every Wednesday. 
uh, at um, on here, giving us information about finance, about the economy. And again, if you want more, you can go to Soldiers of Finance on YouTube. Definitely check him out. As I mentioned, it's definitely you. You come away with a lot more knowledge than when you started. Uh, so again, this takes us to the end of the show tonight. Uh, continue the conversation by checking us out on YouTube right here. Go through our catalog of, of uh, content. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and each of us have our Instagram tags uh, on here as well. And subscribe. Please subscribe. Subscribe here. Subscribe to Soldiers of Finance. I saw someone say they did. They just subscribed to Soldiers of Finance. So thank you for that. Yes, that way you get up to the minute content when we post and we appreciate the support. Again, we are an independent media and each time you subscribe, it helps to make our voice that much stronger. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. Again, you can check us out on our website at www.popandpolitics.com. Actually, Pop and Politics live.com uh, for more information. Until then, count your blessings and live a life of purpose. Wait, what happened to us? Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. <laughs>